0: Abide with me, abide with me.
1: This is the Influencers Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I've got uh, Rocky Fleming, our founder, with us. And we're uh, kicking off a new year. Welcome, Rocky. Good morning. Thank you. And uh, we want to continue doing these podcasts just to uh, share our hearts with you of things that we're seeing uh we have a unique position here because we interact with people from all over the country really in uh, parts of the other parts of the world even and uh it's just exciting to see god moving and and hear different perspectives and see hear the testimonies and so we want to try to share those things with you guys and and also i i've always wanted to try to share uh, wisdom from Rocky, because uh, as I sit here at the office and we chat about things, there's so many great nuggets that that I I glean, and I I want you all to hear from Rocky too. So that's a lot of the why we do this. So so Rocky, it's uh, 2021 and a new year, and I, I I keep thinking about a year ago where we were sitting here making plans for 2020 yeah uh no one had any there was there was news of some strange virus over in china but it did it seemed a long far away far away and didn't seem to apply to us and uh just seemed like you wouldn't want to travel to china that's about all it seemed like uh we never really thought about implications here i don't think and we were just going about our our year planning all the all of our events all our gatherings all our all our plans and uh as you have asking god probably what he wanted but uh we had no idea everything was going to somewhat get turned upside down, and uh, so here we are a year later. And I just uh, well just wanted to start with that point of uh, what do we learn from that, Rocky? What do we learn from 2020 as we look ahead to 2021? And there's still a lot of uncertainty out there about what this year looks like. So, uh, what's your perspective on that?
0: I think those are good questions about uh, what did we learn from it. And I think perspective is a is a good uh, word to use right here because uh, if we were to take uh, this uh, day last year in 2020 and have a 2020 perspective, we would say, well, this is going to be the great year of enlightenment. Uh, It's 2020. And our economy was really good. And the the political structure was pretty solid. Uh, We didn't have the pandemic, uh, And people were making plans for a great year. Uh, There were everything you can imagine that was positive at this time last year. And uh, now we can look back and see what's happened this past year. And it it would be hard to find positive things. Now, we, we as a ministry have seen tremendously positive things. Uh, because uh, our interest is building the kingdom uh, and serving the kingdom. And as a result, it's caused us to have a a fine focus on those things that uh, people need, especially when they finally have some of the props taken out from under them that tend toward distracting them and giving them a, a sense of security in this world. Uh, We're not secure in this world. Uh, There can be anything happen at any time, and it can disrupt our life. That's the way it is with the world. It's interesting, Brian, that I heard somebody make a a comment that they said, uh, I guess it was on New Year's uh, Eve when it turned uh, 2021, that they said, thank goodness 2020 is over. Now we can go into 2021 as if everything that we had in 2020 will no longer be in 2021, but it was only one day difference and it's still here. Mm -hmm. Uh, We still have the same issues that we had in 2020 that hasn't changed. There is a positive outlook that maybe a vaccine will come, and that will help matters. But as a result of the election in Georgia uh, and the way that's going to position the Senate and the House and the uh, administration, one party is going to be highly upset, and the other party is going to be jubilant. There are going to be people in, in this country that are going to be highly upset and the world is caving in, and there's going to be some that are going to say they're in utopia. They have the answer for everything that's ever been needed for this country. And by the way, it's about 50-50. We have a divided country uh, politically. It just, there, there it is. Uh, now, if we look at it from the standpoint of the church, the body of Christ in this country, then the issue is, is it any different? Sure, there will be more people maybe that would be looking at the values of one party and they would be highly, highly disappointed. In fact, the world is caving in. Uh, There will be some that will say, no, this is exactly what was needed. And they will justify that from a Christian perspective. Uh, And therefore, we have divisions that occur from that standpoint. Now, one thing that I can say is I am glad 2020 is over. But it's because of the the, the divisions and the divisiveness that we have been having to fight with all year. And the, the answer to me is not getting our way with a particular party being elected or particular people being elected. The answer for the body of Christ is going back and the most important thing, and that is, why are we here? What is our purpose in the body of Christ? What kingdom are we serving? And this is an opportunity to finally say, "Look, we don't have to talk about this anymore. We don't have to go through this anymore. We can get. We can go on forward." And by the way, uh, there's a scripture here that that discusses about uh god's involvement that you have that scripture brian
1: yeah yeah we were just talking about romans 13 uh paul's uh talking to the romans he says let every person be subject to the governing authorities for there's no authority except from god and those that exist have been instituted by god
0: so if we have a a, a very clear instruction uh, from god about how the body of christ should respond to an election that goes against what we want. We have to hear what he's saying. He's saying, serve them. Continue to make the kingdom of God your greatest interest. Live there. This is not about politics. This is not even about government. This is about the body of Christ operating under the authority of God. Now, some people say, well, wait a minute. Are you telling me that God would be into getting somebody elected that is totally against everything he represents, all the values of God, that God would allow that to happen?
1: Well, I don't know. Brian, what do you think? <laughs> well, I think we're not of this world. We belong to a different kingdom. I think that uh, the world is not—I think Satan is the prince of this world temporarily— and so uh, we're going to see evidence of his ruler, ruling as long as we're on this earth. And so it's not about serving the wrong things. It's about getting our eyes on, on the kingdom of God. And realize, And we, we talked about this in our board meeting yesterday. Uh, there's a verse that talks about that we're just sojourners on this earth. While we're here, we're just, we're just we're wandering. We're temporary visitors until we get home to the kingdom that we're made for. That's what yes. I
0: think. Well, I, and, and I think that also that uh, God is not a tempter. It's very clear that that he is not a tempter. Uh, but I think that there's also uh, some examples where he has allowed evil, the evil of man, the evil to be used for his purposes. You know, isn't it interesting that, that in the scriptures that you read, immediately after Jesus was baptized, that he was led in the wilderness by the spirit to be tempted by the devil. Mm. Now, you need to read that because that's, a, that's an important thing there, that the spirit would lead Jesus into the wilderness where, where he fasted, where he was at his weakest physical moment to be tempted. There was a purpose there that God had. And it was it was a a purpose that we don't understand. It's it's a purpose that we don't maybe a lot of us don't agree with. We can't conceive of that. Why would God allow Jesus to be tempted? But it had to be. He had to overcome. He had to overcome every temptation we face um, as a man, as a human. To to basically pay the price of living a a perfect life in a world full of temptations. And, you know, uh, I believe that God will allow certain things to enter our life, not for a purpose to destroy us or to inconvenience us or to hurt us. But I think it more is about so it will reform us, so that it will strengthen us, so that it will cause us to persevere so that it will cause us to grow in our faith, so that it will cause us to be reminded that this world is not utopia. This world is not our final destination. This world is just what you said, Brian. It's under the prince of evil. The value system of the world is under the prince of evil. Um, And we have been saved from this we are to live in it, but not by it, not by the standards of it. And so when we, when we have a reality check, when we begin to see these things, then it causes us to be reminded of who we are and what our purposes are. And this is exactly what's happening right now, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Christians in this country have been shaken. Churches have been shaken. The models that we've had, that we have felt our worship was limited to, have been shaken. But it's taken the church and it's taken it outside of the four walls. It's put it in communities. It's put it in businesses. It's putting it in technology. It's putting it through Zoom. It it continues to expand, but, but the form has been shaken. And that's the way I see 2021. I see 2021 moving into a new awakening in the body of Christ. Yeah, there will be some things that will pass away. And honestly, I think maybe some of the things that, that are great disappointments to us politically and otherwise will remind us who we are, why we're here, and what we need to get about doing. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I might be missing out on some sports. I might be missing out on a lot of freedoms that might be taken away from me or my children or my grandchildren. But there's one thing that won't be taken away. And that is the faithfulness of God through Jesus Christ and his spirit who lives within us.
1: Mm. You know, you reminded me of something um, in the journey. There's a part in the journey. We talk about the purpose of trials. And you you have a little lineage that says there's a stretching that takes place, and that leads to a void, like a new space within us once we are stretched, and then that creates a fresh hunger to fill something, fill it up. And I think right now what you're just saying, we've all been shaken, but I think there's a hunger right now to, to be with Christian believers, to, to gather. We, we all can't wait to get back together. And uh, it's all made us appreciate church and appreciate community and the body of Christ more than ever. I think that's a blessing that's come out of all this, perhaps. Yeah, I think that that's a good, a good point, uh,
0: Brian. That little uh, representation that we use there is called from trials for treasures. Right. And, uh, and there, is a, there is a process, almost linear, uh, because it does take away a, a lot of the stuff that's occupying our life. Uh, you know, it's interesting, isn't it, that you can fill yourself with some of the worst foods in the world that take away your appetite and, and your health, uh, and will keep you from eating good stuff. And so, uh, you can occupy yourself with false things. Even as Christians, we have a false sense of of peace and happiness because everything is comfortable. But when we have those things shaken from us or taken from us, then it creates a void that the spirit can now start filling with the goodness of God. And if we can just hang in there and wait for that uh, emptiness to begin to be refilled with the right things that he wants to create, then it will eventually lead to the desires of our heart. Mm -hmm.
1: Well, we've we've had two meetings this week, uh, one with our staff, and uh, they're all... Bunch of stallions who are pretty, uh, pretty self-assured guys and very confident and big planners. They love to plan big things. They dream big. They plan big. Um, and our board, bunch of successful business guys, mostly that uh, are have done a lot of great things and work in corporations that make a lot of plans. And but the universal consensus amongst all those leaders, top leaders and influencers, is the biggest plan they're making for 2021 is to abide in Him. Because yeah. if they abide in the in God and in His Spirit, everything else will be okay. It'll all work out. It'll all He'll guide us into what we need to do this next year. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, I, God has given me somewhat of a a little visualization of abiding and living in this world, and uh, I'll share it with you. Some people might think I'm kind of freaky, but if you read my stuff, you know. <laughs> I am kind of freaky, <laughs> you know. Imaginary and and uh, I visualize so much, many things. And and the and the way I write, actually, God downloads to me in such a way I see, I see a I see a story, and and it's just a matter of me trying to describe what I'm seeing. And that's how I know it's from the Lord. And I've seen people say, "Was that a vision?" I don't know. I don't go there with that. I just telling you how it works for me. And and there's one thing that he's given to me is that that he and I are walking together on a road. Uh, And one of the things that I have had to learn to do, Brian, is walk with him, not ahead of him and not behind him. If I walk ahead of him, that means that I'm trying to force some things. I'm trying to make things happen in my own power. I'm trying to get it done for him. And the problem with that is I can only do what a man can do. And that's very, very limited if I try to go ahead of him. And this is a little bit uh, where we have the busy beaver Christian, that they don't give time for their souls to, to be nurtured. And they tend toward uh, having to try to prove something. Uh, maybe they're trying to win God's love. I mean, there's, there's I, I've been there. I know what that's like, and you probably have too. But then there's then there's the Christian that lags behind. They don't keep up. They're lethargic. They're casual, and as a result, they they they're vulnerable because they're not under the the safety zone of being around their shepherd. And of course, the picture of the safest of all sheep are the ones who who are laying at the feet of Jesus, right? Because mm-hmm. he's their defender and protector and nurturer. And the ones, the sheep that are on the perimeter out there, they're the ones that are getting picked off. And so when we see one lagging behind like that, it's almost like the sheep that's on the perimeter. So what God has shown me is he wants me to walk with him, not ahead of him and not behind him. And this is the abiding remaining journey as we go through life together. Now there's things that he would have me do, and so there's sometimes that he'll dispatch me because I'm right there with him now I'm listening to him I'm hearing his voice it's very It's very clear and easy to understand what to do once I'm able to hear him very clearly and so we're walking on this road together, and there's somebody over there on the side of the road that's Really, needing some encouragement, he says, "Okay, go over there and talk to him. I'll wait for you here. go with him and I get over there, and I'll do a little service and And he says, Now bring them back to me though, because you don't stay there with them, you bring them back to me. So my perspective is that I want to go out from our relationship and bring back people back into that same proximity that I'm enjoying now this is the way I see a Christian should be walking with Jesus, not ahead of him, not behind him, and not separate from him, but walking with him. And to me, we're living in a constantly changing landscape uh, of life. We've seen a change of landscape in 12 months in this country, in this world. It's changed. And and the thing that doesn't change is our King, our Savior. And so if I'm abiding with Him, if I'm walking with Him, I'm walking through the changing landscapes with Him, and He tells me and shows me how to proceed. And to me, this is the most important thing that I could ever help another Christian to see. And that is the value of learning to walk with Jesus.
1: Mm. Well, and, and uh, Galatians five talks about keeping in step with His Spirit, which of course Jesus left and left us His Spirit to, to do this very thing—to walk with us. It's His Spirit. It's Jesus' Spirit walking with us uh, through yeah. life. And, and this goes <laughs> this goes back to what you said about Jesus. Why did he have to be tempted in the in the desert? Well, it's so that he could, we would know that he understands everything that we're going to face. And I want to read Hebrews 4, which talks about that. It says, we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. We don't have a high priest who's unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet was without sin. So that let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So let's connect a dot
0: here. So it's obvious that God had a divine purpose for allowing Jesus to be tempted. Is that correct? Right. That's right. Okay. Now, in the same vein, God could be having a purpose for what we're going through as the body of Christ in this day and time. That it is something far greater than our inconvenience. It's f- something far greater in being able to build His kingdom, um, to enrich our lives, and to cause us to be able to to be on His uh, to be on His uh, agenda. And so, this is where we have to learn to trust Him, Brian.
1: Mm.
0: Though we can't understand what's going on, we can trust. We can trust him. And if we walk with him, we don't have to see down the road. All we have to do is make sure that we are with him. You know, the scripture that talks about that word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Uh, To me, that's a beautiful example of what you do is you have a light that shows you if your feet are on the path. Is your Are you feet on the path that's right on the path with Jesus? On this road I talk about, it, it shines, it illuminates on our life. And, it, and we do a, a self-examination and we ask the question, am I walking with him or walking away from him? Am I apart from him? And so the other thing is that, you know, it's a, it's a lamp to our feet to show us where, our, where we are, but it's also a light to our path to show where we're headed. And we can't see that far far down the road, but we can just see that we're headed in in the direction he's leading us. And that is the blessing to be able to live in such intimate dependence on him that we can find safety and peace and joy, not in what we see that's in our path, but the fact that we are walking on a path with him. And wherever he leads us is okay. And that's where I think he's taken the body of Christ right now
1: well and and we have to remember that part of Jesus' life, the end of his life, was one of the most horrible injustices ever uh, by a corrupt uh, Roman government, a corrupt king Herod, uh, corrupt political leaders all those things sent an innocent man to be sentenced to death yeah and uh, but it was the greatest news ever for all of us and and for all of history of mankind that, that we that it wouldn't be about this earth that there's another kingdom that now we have passage and we have a way to to go there now and there's another
0: very very important perspective here brian and that is there was nothing done to him that he didn't allow that's right i mean they had all the power to do i mean it's like what's uh pilot said to him that you know i don't you understand i have authority over you and I can let you go or I could put you to death. And Jesus said, you have no authority over me. except so what God permits, my father permits. You get the perspective there. Yeah. Right. And we don't have any authority over us except what God permits. Mm-hmm. And he had a, he had a mission and a purpose and the body of Christ, a disciple of Christ. Uh, well, we live in the same way he does the same perspective. And and man, this is this is a almost an awake wake up call for us. To and I'm so glad to get this behind me. All this stuff about politics and everything else. I mean, I'm I'm done with it. You know, I'm, I'm my my focus is on my King and my King's kingdom, and what I can do to uh, rest of my life is to serve Him and His purposes. Mm. And I really do believe if, if our brothers and sisters who are listening to this call right now will, will receive this as a wake-up call uh, to be reminded of who they are and who they serve, then they can let go of all this stuff that's been troubling them. Just let it go hmm. and move forward with the good and the best we have. What kingdom, the kingdom is offering us is the ability to walk together with Jesus Christ. And he will walk us through anything that we will face down the road if we're walking with him.
1: Well, and, and Rocky, you were sharing with me yesterday, just recounting a little of your testimony with me, how it, you were in your middle ages, and there was a almost a, a wrestling match or a struggle that happened. You said it. You said I think you said it lasted twenty years until you yeah. finally put the old man, the old ideas, the old man, the old identity all those things you thought were important and held dear, even good things that seemed seemingly good things, you put those to death and so that you could go. And you called it finding the consecrated life. I think is the way you put it to me. Explain that in our last few minutes here. In 1994, and uh, and this was probably
0: about 10 years uh, after I had... Actually, really discovered what John fifteen was about—about abiding in in Him—and how my life to that point had been so frustrated uh, because I was that busy beaver. I was trying to do all those things ahead of God, not with Him. I didn't lag behind Him. That's one thing I never did. But I went so far ahead of Him, and I was getting myself in trouble all the time, and didn't feel—you know—I just was frustrating, and uh, and I felt alone. I felt like I just—you know—couldn't. I don't know, I just couldn't get it right. Uh, and I was gaining ground in, in financially and my business and all that, but it just wasn't satisfying me. And and I remember reading Hannah Whithall Smith, which is a little Quaker lady who wrote a book called uh, The Christian Secret to a Happy Life. And it's, I, it's recommended reading as far as I'm concerned. But she had a statement in there. She says, a Christian can never really enjoy the peace of God unless her life is consecrated. And she said, and consecration will require abandonment and trust. Mm. And it, it means to deliver ourselves up. Like Paul said, living sacrifice. A consecration is a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice, what is that? It's easy to die physically. That's a sacrifice of your body. But to live for Christ, a living sacrifice, is to die to self to live for him. And there has to be a point where we say, I'm all in. And that's, that's when we consecrate. That's when we put our life before him and say, I'm yours, Lord. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means, but I'm, I'm yours. And it, it was a 10 year struggle uh, to get to that point to finally concede um, that I can't get it done. And then I understood that what was missing was consecration. What was missing was that living sacrifice. And it was a symbolic gesture. I wouldn't say that it was immediately done. All I could say is that I was willing to go before him and say, here I am. Do what you want to to me. And and I remember where I did it. And uh, I remember when it happened. Um, And I also remember a lot of trials that came at me after that. Uh, Almost evil. There was a lot of evil that came after me. There were were some evil inspired stuff like you wouldn't believe Mm -hmm. that that happened uh, shortly after that. But it served to drive me closer to him. Uh, It took out some of those things that were in the way. I didn't know how to get rid of them. I didn't know how to release them. But it it this is where I could look back now and see that the Lord was saying, okay, all right, now I'm on, I'm going to help you. And it, it seemed bitter and it seemed hard, it seemed ruthless, uh, but it was not. It was not at all. It was helping me to become the man that that God wanted him to be, and deep down I wanted to be. Mm. Uh, and every one of those things served a purpose far greater than I could have ever understood at the time. But I look back now and I see how strategic it was. And so I can say going into this year for the body of Christ is similar. If we consecrate our life, which we should have done already, but now is the time to do it. That doesn't mean we're taken out of our trials. It just means that we're now going to be reformed through them, mm-hmm. and we will be eventually led to the thing that we long for. I mean, mm-hmm. it will be really good, and I, I know that from experience.
1: Yeah, I think I think the consecrated life is the abundant life. It's the life that Jesus promised for us. And but but it does, it seems counterintuitive because because there's going to be hard times to get there or, or struggles to get there. And whole it's a daily thing. it doesn't end either. It's, it's a daily thing every day. <laughs> yeah.
0: The whole concept of Christianity is counterintuitive and counterintuitive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it goes against our, the nature of our flesh. It goes against the value system of the world. Uh, I had a man one time who's well intentioned. He said, he thinks that, you know, that we need to get uh, Christianity more relevant in our society. <laughs> and I said, you know, this has been going on about 10,000, uh, 2000 years now uh, about Christianity and societies. When has it ever been relevant? It's got to be counter. It's counterculture. It's counter. It's counter to the values. Of, we have operated in a country that doesn't seem that way. It's but, but below the surface. Believe me, it has been. But we have felt like for a long time, well, we're a Christian nation. We're not a Christian nation. We're not. we got nation, We got a nation that has Christians in it. But we have a lot that aren't Christians either, mm. and, and maybe more, more than Christians. But the point is, is that we've been lulled to sleep and thinking that we have a Christianity as part of our culture, maybe the dominant part of our culture. Not a, I think we're getting a wake-up call. Hmm. We've got a wake-up call but no, not the real deal, not real Christianity, but this counter. Mm. And uh, but that's just reality, spiritual reality. That's right. That's
1: right. Well, I think we're out of time, Rocky. But thank you for uh, this chat, and I think uh, gave us a lot of things to think about, and and hope everybody out there is is uh, feeling challenged, but also feeling inspired um, that, uh, we have the answer. (laughs) The answer is abiding in Christ. It's always, it's always the answer to, to go closer. So, but, uh, this is the Influencers network podcast. And, uh, you've been listening to, we do these about once a week and you can find all, all of our recordings on the website, influencers.org. We're also working to get these, uh, onto Spotify and onto Apple podcasts to make it easier for you to find them on your, on your smartphones out there. Um, also, I just want to bring up that uh, this is the beginning of a new year. It's a great time to start a journey group. If you've, if you've never been through this journey discipleship process that, that we use, I highly recommend it. I've led 17 of these groups, and I've seen amazing life transformation in the lives of people, and it's just made their lives so much richer. And so uh, if you've never done that, we'd love to help you get plugged in. Uh, we got them meeting in cities around the country, but also online on Zoom uh, with virtual groups. Uh, If you're a person who's been through the journey, but you've never stepped up and given away what's been given to you and guided a group that you're missing out on one of the greatest blessings uh, that we have available influencers is to guide a journey group. So we'd love to train you in that too. We have guide mentoring that we can provide for you too. So all these things are available. You can just contact us through the website and we'd be glad to help you with any, any way we can, but uh, uh, we're, we're excited about 2021 and we're just all praying about what, God's will be done this year in 2021. So again, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.